Well, hey there everybody, how are you doing? It's Friday! And that means this week it is time for Life Downloaded. I am Dan Edge, and as always, I am joined by my phenomenal podcast wife, the lovely Samantha Rank. How are you doing, Sam? Bonjour, bonjour! I've got my tea and my... What is this again? Brioche. 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 Tea and brioche. Sam is starting the day right, everybody. Tea and brioche. Brioche. Like, I've already had like a, a nut bar as well, so I'm well on my way to my sugar intake for the probably the weekend. But there we go. Nut hey, bar ho. and brioche. You're starting the day right. Totally. It's one of them. It's one of them like nutritional bars where it's like, yeah, we're all good, and then you put it in your mouth and you're like, really? Are you sure there's no sugar in there? Because it's <laughs> pretty sugary to me. Uh, but you see, it'll probably be natural sugar, like honey or... Oh. No, but if you still sat on your arse all day, it doesn't really matter what type of sugar it is. <laughs> well, there is that, there is that. But how are you this week, Sam? What have you been up to? Anything exciting? What have I been up to? I've had one of them weeks where it, it has been non-stop, and yesterday I just got like um, well, a nice non-stop, like um, lots of amazing meetings. I've been delivering some inclusion training, had some meetings with people for future projects, engaged with some charities, just posted something, uh, a sponsored post on social media. So, so obviously, you know, like really, really good, really good busy stuff. But you know, when you part of you is like, wow, I, I feel absolutely knackered mm-hmm. and um i broke my alcohol free zone i i had a i had a, i know i feel really guilty actually because honestly i just i think it's an age thing now i just think i should just go teetotal and i know i keep saying this to you but i think i really really do have to consider it um because i had a really busy day back-to-back training so me talking for over three hours like non-stop which I know I can talk a lot, but even that for me was like, wow, even I hate my voice right now. <laughs> um, and then I had a, I had an amazing event, um, um, a pre-recorded event, because obviously next week is International Women's Day on the, is it next week already? On the 8th of March? Uh, is that next week? Is I, I will look at the calendar, week? keep going. I'll I think it might be the, the following week, but it's coming up soon. It is coming up soon. It is the 8th of March. It's a week on Monday. A week on Monday, because my mum's birthday is on the 9th of March. Um, better remind everyone, remind me, please. Um, so yes, yeah, so remind, remind Sam, mum's birthday, Reminding me okay. of my mum's my birthday. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, so I pre recorded something, but you know me, I'm a morning, I'm a morning bird, I'm not a night owl. You are like, a morning bird. By person, nine yeah. o'clock, I'm pretty much done. Like, that is one of my. Even when I'm, you know, dating someone, I'm like, are you a night person though? Sorry. Even though you look like Brad Pitt, it just can't, can't be. <laughs> it can't be. We'll be like ships passing in the night. So I, um, I was like, you know what? You know what? I will, I will, uh, I'll get my lovely little crutch and my crutch is a glass of vino. Um, just to perk me up so that I was actually present for this filming at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that glass turned to a bottle of wine. And then I was like, Wow that's a whole bottle of wine and I'm the size of a five-year-old. That's probably A, not healthy, not condoning it. Um, <laughs> and B, surprised myself because honestly, I've not been drinking really, have I? No. Surprised myself that I actually was able to consume that. Felt awful in the morning. and had I was going to say, how did you feel the next day? Yeah, pretty, pretty crappy. But you know what? It wasn't more than that. I actually had um, anxiety 
from it. I woke up at around 4 a.m. Um, with with horrendous anxiety to a point where I was like shaking, huddled into a fetus, fetal, fetus, fetal position, um, worrying about my teeth. I know that's an ongoing thing with me. Just really, really, all the things you don't want to be thinking about when you're trying to sleep mm-hmm. surfaced. And it's that, that the alcohol was definitely a trigger. Um, but it did prompt me to think about because you know I've launched my uh, hashtag daily rank for what yeah. you know I've done I've done my first post on what we should talk more openly about and that was the, the first one was ableism amongst the medical uh, profession profession yeah. uh, professionals and that went down really well so thank you for everyone who commented um, but I you know I'm I think one of the posts is going to be um, disability and addiction and I don't just mean um, you know hardcore you know, drug addiction, I'm talking about, you know, using alcohol, smoking or recreational drugs um, when you have a disability. Mm. Um, Because I know for me, my fatigue has definitely prompted me in the past to turn to the bottle. And I felt my my body be like, no, enough is enough. And it's that, you know, I know a lot of people with chronic illness um, will will understand it's the, you know, the spoony theory. You know, you've got 10 spoons a day and you have to allocate the spoons to, to you know, to, to tasks. Um, so, yeah, so it's interesting, but I, I felt rancid. I felt absolutely rancid after it. And I think the anxiety was just like the cherry on top of the icing. Um, so, yeah, lesson learned. Well, you see, as somebody that's always been teetotal, I, I wouldn't know, wouldn't know. I'd be lying if I said I knew what it was like with, with drink and alcohol and stuff because I've always been teetotal through choice, not because I made any, you know, concern. I just never liked the stuff, so I never drank it. Um, but, yeah, I know I have friends as well that use, you know, what would be classed as recreational drugs to help manage pain and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Um, And I do think it's something that we don't necessarily talk about openly. And people have their reasons for for using stuff. Like, you know, this is not a judgment on that. But drug usage and alcohol usage and smoking within the disability community isn't something that's spoken about on a level. So it would be really interesting to to have. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, my mum's a nurse and she was very much, even though I've got brussel bones, she was very much like, you know, you can have one paracetamol and that's your lot. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> she was like, well, we're like, let's not uh, over abuse um, prescription drugs. So I've, I'm very much, I've never been someone to have strong painkillers. And then I think when I came to London and I trained GP and, you know, I had a non-union fracture, you know, and the, the 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 GP said, "Well, you know, how do you manage your pain?" I was like, "Well, not really." And he he prescribed me uh, tramadol, and you know, I had wow. that, and then I had for muscle, yeah, and then I had also <laughs> muscle spasms because I had spinal spinal surgery that kind of went a little bit wrong. Hmm. Um, um, you know, so I got baclofen as well, which obviously is a muscle relaxer. But I remember indeed. taking. Only say, I remember taking a photo of everything on just one prescription. Mm. So this is a repeat prescription that I can just go and get whenever I want to. And I took a photo of everything and I was like, this is a substantial amount of legal prescribed drugs. Mm-hmm. And, and 
And, you know, when I've had struggled with isolation, depression, like, well, this is quite a dangerous thing to be in possession of, you know? And I know a lot, of, like you said, a lot of my friends um, smoke marijuana for pain relief. Um, and, and you know, with, you've got that debate, haven't you? You've got the whole, you know, should that be legalised like it is in some parts of America for... Um, Medical use. That, uh, you know, should we destigmatise people using it for pain? Um, uh but then on the flip side, you know, you do have, you know, I know a lot of my friends with brittle bones are prescribed hardcore opioids, mm -hmm. you know, uh, oxy, oxy, I can never say them, oxycontin and all these kind of things that are highly addictive. Um, and, and yeah, and, and it's, it's a shame because there's no guidance. And I think that's another thing with GPs, um, you know, leading on from my past post about, you know, the medical model of disability you know, they, they kind of see dis disabled lives as lesser than or not 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 as um, fulfilled. So maybe that's why they just want to give give prescriptions out readily, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. because because they they assume we must all be, you know, suffering. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all it all roots, doesn't it, from a lack of understanding and a lack of lived experience. Absolutely. And it's about, you know disabled people being able to control their own narrative isn't it that's Definitely. that's that's what it's about and that's what it roots to and this is this is the thing and you know sandra's saying it's it's good that we're chatting about pain relief um and you know the, the she says it's preconceptions that people think cbd oils some people think it's illegal when it's not and mm -hmm. there's all sort of misconceptions around that so I definitely think it's something that we don't talk about. And I think, like most things, it's it's about achieving balance. You yeah. know, for, for me anyway, it's about achieving balance. Because I'm not now saying, and I know you're not, Sam, that, you know, all our friends are taking these hardcore prescription painkillers and they shouldn't be. Or, you know, that's not what we're getting at. But no. I think... I think there is definitely a space that needs to be filled to have an open and honest conversation between medical professionals and disabled people and go in and you know hopefully some disabled people have that relationship with their yeah. with their with their GP with their consultants that they can have that open and honest conversation the therapist the therapist who whoever their their professional may may or may not be um but at the same time, it is about achieving balance that you you can, you know, control your pain or your condition or your impairment um, in a way that makes it manageable so that you can do day to day tasks, but also exactly. not become in addicted a, a, a to. <laughs> yeah, not be a zombie, you know, I mean, not become for, addicted. For me, for me, my pain obviously um, increases just my everyday run-of-the-mill pain if i can say it so kind of flippantly increases when say for example um you know my pa is off sick and i have to do things more myself yeah. you know or when i first moved to london and i didn't have a pa so a personal assistant someone that assists me in my life and i had to and my, and my flat wasn't adapted so it's a more of a holistic approach and it's it's challenging you know if there were more accessible homes would people struggle you know maybe even having to crawl up a flight of stairs every night to get to bed yeah if you know if the world is more accessible would then the disabled community be in less pain 
then need less prescription drugs. It's, Absolutely. you know, it's very much, is very much that balance of, are we in pain? Are we struggling because... Of our impairments. Our impairments. Are we in pain? Are we struggling because of the things we have to do combined with our impairments? Yeah. Um, and again, this is why this potentially needs to be a big old big old debate and a big open conversation that isn't ha- that doesn't happen super regularly it's probably happening in some circles because you know that's the way the world is it's happening here right now on life downloaded but yeah. is it happening openly and consistently with with the NHS and with you know medical professionals and disabled people with disabled people using their lived experience and in turn yeah. can you can we save you know, the the NHS money by putting people in ad- adapted housing and all those kind of things. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And I think, you know, the fear is, you know, because when you start to talk about, you know, drugs, particularly if they are illegal, you know, people don't want to get into trouble. And I understand that's why people don't want to be open and be like, do you know what? Um, I was in so much pain that I smoked marijuana because that was the only thing that, that stopped me from being in pain, you know? And I... I I get why we're not probably talking about it because, you know, this fear of, of, of repercussion, um, fear of, you know, it's again, fear of and judgment, uh, and judgment. 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 You know, I, I used to work in a school. I could never vocalize that. And now I'm a public figure and that, you know, I could be scrutinized for that. I've, I, you know, I don't have marijuana because it just doesn't agree with me. I, my flatmate used to smoke it recreationally, and uh, when I fractured a leg once, he gave it to me, and it, I vomited like like the Exorcist. Put it that Ooh. way. So that wasn't, you know, yeah, no, that's, that that's not fun. That wasn't. Uh, it probably and it actually irritated my leg even more because of the retching. So it's a bit like, for goodness' sake. Um, but yeah, you know, um, and a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Abby Brown, who is um, an amazing. Um, activist herself you know we speak we she has oi like me um a slightly milder form of oi um so she in she's a part-time wheelchair user mm-hmm. um but we've spoken we've spoken about pain in the past and the misconceptions about pain um so maybe we'll have a word with her um and get her on because i think it's really great to have um not just you and me prattling on oh, and we have We've totally forgotten to describe ourselves, which is shame yes, on us. we've done it um, again. So I uh, am wearing my glasses today because um, I just couldn't be bothered to <laughs> make any effort whatsoever. Uh, my hair's greasy, so it's in two French plaits, but it kind of looks cute. And I'm just in a little bra top. Hey. I'm not even wearing a proper bra for you guys anymore. There and we go. The sun came out and it's still cold, but because the sun came out, I was like, "Yes, I want to be half naked in my sports gear." Why not? Um, um, Why not? And I'm wearing I'm wearing my Oak boots, um, so I'm yeah. It's a, I've got Oak a boots and sports gear. <laughs> You're rocking the fashion today. I don't, know, I don't know what look it is, but it's happening. Indeed, and for those that want me to audio describe myself, if you're watching us live on Periscope or Facebook or, or YouTube or Twitter, even all the places, um, I am wearing a light sort of stone-coloured T-shirt. My hair is curly and long and still slightly damp. Um, oh, good thing you didn't say moist there, Dan. I know, I went with damp. Damp, damp, I felt I felt was the better term. Um, 
Yeah. Um, it's curly, it's blonde, it's getting ridiculous, but my lady kind of loves it, so I'm on to a winner. Um, as long as you don't, like, start wearing it in a plait or something at the back or... Well, it's, like, it's, it's not long enough for that yet, but... Well, do, do you reckon... I don't care what your lady says. We will no longer be friends. Um, if I grow it long so, enough to go, if I grow it like proper long, though, like shoulder length, and start ponytailing it, is that a win? Um, only if you pretend you're like someone from the Lost Boys and do the whole look. You know that, like the eighties rocker kind of a little bit of eyeliner. I don't mind that. I'm a sucker for like you know the Lost Boys. I you do. Must know it. I do. I yeah. mean, that's like that's like like dream for me like that that kind of look is 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 that's my guilty pleasure someone that has that those are those of you that are watching um and can can drop a comment do you think i'd look good in eyeliner this is the question coming out of today's lisa says a ponytail would not be a win okay ponytails no. has to be long and flowing obviously but ponytail. no offense to anyone who um, is sporting that look. Um, I think. I think. What about think, the messy think, man bun? Is that acceptable? See, I kind of got a soft spot for that, but maybe that's just because I've lived in Shoreditch way too long, and it's a, <laughs> and it's a bit like. And it's um, the look. The it's the Shoreditch look. It's the Shoreditch look. <laughs> it depends. Do you know what? I think if you're not too much of a pretty boy, um, you can get away with it. Like I, I kind of like. You know what I mean? Because if it looks a bit rough around the edges. Yeah, I like my rough and ready kind of looking guys. I like bouncers that kind of like rough, like, yeah. Again, sorry for doing this ridiculous accent. I don't know what I want. Every time I get angry or want to do something like in, in, I use that kind of really burly kind of, yeah. (laughs) I probably offend many, many people and I don't know where it comes from. I mean, you want to hear me talk about my mum because she's German and she's got a, ger- a mix of German and Lancash- 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 Lancashire. 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 No, because different because that's Lancaster. Okay. Not Lancashire. Okay. Help me out here, people. Lancashire accent. Anyway, but so yeah, so sometimes when I'm like mimicking her, I mean, it's atrocious the accent I come out with. So God bless her. Um, the the burly men of the world have got the better end of the deal, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Sandra yeah. says I should go for a man bun. Lisa says eyeliner works for Tim Minchin, so why wouldn't it work for me? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you do you. I'm not dictating to you. Me, me do um, me. You do you. I just may not no longer have a place for you in my life. There you go. <laughs> I'll just have I'll just have I'll just have the cat next time on the show and I'll just talk for an hour to my cat. To be fair, um, that would probably get more viewers. Let's, it probably let's be would. Honest. Watching my boy cat, you know, clean his testicles, you know, sit there and lick his 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 mum bits. That probably would get more views. More views than than me chatting, quite possibly. Everybody loves a cat on YouTube. Let, let's. <laughs> Everyone does. Um, so swiftly moving on from cats to um, vaccinations. Yes. You've been I have. I've Yay. had my, my vaccination. 
I am a Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Is that even a word? Why not? We're making it a word right now. I don't know. We're going to have it on a T-shirt somewhere and we're going to charge five ninety nine for it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but, but yeah, I am. I have officially had the first stage of my vaccination. I am the biggest needle phobic in the world. My girlfriend was absolutely amazing. Um, she looked after me while I was somewhat taking sedatives. And and blubbing my eyes out in the doctor's not to be, not to trigger you or anything, but is that from past hospital experiences? Do you think um, a PTSD or I think so. I'm like a lot of things. You're never you're never quite sure. But I think honestly, um, bit of a traumatic story coming up for anybody that you know needs a trigger warning. Um, I fall quite a lot having cerebral palsy. I fall over quite regularly, and. Um, a few times when I've done that, I've cracked my head open. Um, accidentally, of course, not something I aimed to do. And the first time I did it, I was five years old. And um, got taken to A&E, and it was before they were able to, to glue people's heads together like they do now. Um, and it was quite severe. So they had to, they had to basically stitch my head shut. Um, and they told me it was numb. No, it's not, no. It no. never is, though, Dan. It no. never is. No. Um, sorry for anyone out there that believes that, it, you know, it is. I, I, I absolutely get you. I've got um, very weak um, veins because brittle bones affect your collagen. It's not a calcium deficiency. Indeed. And um, collagen is in your arteries and in your veins. So um, whenever I have a, 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 a an injection or any kind of uh, cannula put in, it doesn't last too long. It kind of bursts the veins extremely mm. quickly um mm. why i you know i am constantly prodded at least 10 times before we can get my tiny little veins to open up so i get it i don't <laughs> know for me i um i think i've grown i don't know maybe i've grown out of it i don't know what it is i think maybe when i had my pneumonia um I, I was that sick like on death's door and i had to get into like you know i had to get antibiotics into me as quick as possible that I was just like, Do you know what? I don't care. Like, like everyone go at me from any every every angle and just get yeah, get a just line in. Me I out. think yeah. I think that kind of overcame my my fear. But it is a real thing, and um, yeah, we have talked about PTSD on this before, and we'll probably devote more time. But getting back to that, there's been a lot of um, really important uh, news coverage this past week um, talking about obviously the really really sad news that sixty percent of deaths from COVID. Um, are from the disability community. Um, so we've had, you know, um, uh, charities such as MenCap uh, really raising awareness and have done an amazing job uh, in changing um, the law um, to to allow everyone with a learning disability to be now prioritised for a vaccination because mm. shockingly they weren't uh, beforehand. And we've also had the Women's Equality Party um, uh, um, you know, do an open open letter to the government. Maybe we can stick it in our in in our feed in a, or something, or do something. Yeah, with maybe that. maybe link it in a Instagram or something. Yeah, let's do that because um, it's still open to sign, and uh, you know, so they they are basically asking the government because a lot of because I wasn't on the shielding list. I had to ring up my GP and be like, "Hello, I didn't even realize the shielding list was something." Um, I knew it existed, mm. but I just thought I just thought it was like it 
it, it was there virtually. So when your time came, it came. So I didn't realize that I was left off it. And I only became aware that I was left off it when some of my friends who were on the shielding register or whatever yeah. were like, oh, I, I got some vitamin D tablets in the post. Oh, I'm getting letters. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I just assumed because of my underlying um, conditions, it, I would just be on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just waiting for the vaccine to start up. And then when my mum got my vaccine before me, even though she is a key worker, I was a bit like, surely, surely maybe I should be getting something. Um, so, yeah, so it's really important. If you haven't um, if you haven't um, signed the letter, head over to, I mean, we all put it in ours, but head over to womensequality.org.uk and you can still sign it and, or, or create awareness out uh, about this because um, they are using the hashtag, hashtag left off the list. Left um, off the list. Because, you know, they've, they've uh, added a little quote, if I can just put this here. So an update uh, on the 24th of February, so a couple of days ago. Uh, today, the government announced that some uh, people with learning disabilities, and that's largely because of the great work of MENCAP, that I just added that, just, just, mm-hmm. just for your information. Uh, learning disabilities would be added to the vaccine priority list. This is progress, but is nowhere near enough. There are still tens of thousands of people across the country who face higher risk of severe illness and death uh, than the general population who will not receive priority access to the vaccine. Demand action today. Um, so this is going to Matt Hancock, obviously, um, MP and Secretary of State of Health and Social Care. Um, so, yeah, I really kind of spread the word for that because it's super, super important. I mean, I am potentially doing some filming next week. Um, nothing's signed and sealed, but, you know, now... I've told that, like, I've, it's really weird. I've filmed throughout the pandemic a few times, and I've always said that I am a high, of high risk, and they've always been absolutely amazing precautions. But now they're asking me if I have got a letter to, to prove that I am high risk. And I'm like, well, no, because I've been left off. Um, I'm like, well, so it couldn't, you know, so it's not even about, well, it's obviously the importance of, of safeguarding people, mm. but it's also impacting people's um, work and ability to return to work and ability to maybe return to education. Um, because, you know, if you're not on, if you're not in receipt of this, you know, it slows everything down. So, yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Great work from the Women's Equality Party and uh, MENCAP. Like, hurrah. Yes. A wave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that's something that you can follow if you want to be a good ally uh, today, or you know, if it directly affects you, please get involved. Indeed. Um, yeah, and you you found a really interesting article as well, haven't you, Dan? Indeed. Um, well, it's it's a it's another it's another um, petition to sign. Um, you you actually drew my attention to it. I'll give you credit where credit is due. Oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. That was a really good segue. I, I know, saying, but... You've, you've done your own research, Dan, haven't you? No, I do do research. I do. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'll give you credit where credit is due um, in the fact that um, there is a charity called Adult CP Hub. I'm reading it off my phone because I, I don't want to get anything wrong. It's not that I'm being rude. Um and they're asking the government to stamp out healthcare inequality and conduct a review into the care of adults with cerebral palsy. So people like me. Um, basically, they want to hashtag stamp out the gap. And it's it's something we've spoken about before on Life Downloaded, about 
when you're a disabled young person, a disabled child, and when you're a disabled adult, the fact is that when you when you go from one to the other, the support provisions, the care provisions, the the medical provisions, the physio provisions, just fall off the edge of the planet if the planet had an edge um you know it just disappears especially for people with impairments like cerebral palsy it just kind of stops um because we're cured we're cured you you magically turn 18 and everything disappears (laughs) yeah um but there's people like me there's people like um, no voice guy, lost voice guy, I should say. Lee, Lee Ridley. Yeah, Lee Ridley. You know, there's there's all kinds of people like that that can honestly tell you that's not the case. <laughs> like we don't wake up in the morning and they're like, ah. <laughs> um, so so yeah, and this this is a petition on what's it on? It's on 38 degrees at the moment, and it's called um, Care Parity for Adults with Cerebral Palsy. Again, go into Matt Hancock. There it is, if you want to see it on screen, everybody. Oh, Matt, he's having a... He's got it good from us, hasn't he? Oh, yes. But rightly so. Probably I said poor Matt Hancock. Sorry, Matt. I'm, I'm, like, you, don't, you don't get my sympathy, mate. No, uh, you really don't. Um, I, th- I mean, he's a busy man, but, you know, it's his job. He signed up for it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and it, it is something that falls off the edge of the planet, you know, because I used to get... You know, from personal experience, I used to get a physiotherapist once a week at school, easily, if not twice yeah. a week. I used to, you know, get get regular fittings for for orthotics and splints and all that kind of stuff. Okay, partly it's my, me as well, because I don't, you know, I'll hold my hands up to some of it. Everybody's got busy lives, probably don't get, take care of it as much as I should do. But at the same time, there isn't that support network there to go, by the way, you haven't had this refitted for a year. It's probably about time we've seen you. Yeah. Um, and if if you do, it's one of those things that if you don't chase it yourself, it goes missing. And while while, yeah. while you need to take a level of self-responsibility, of don't get me wrong, there, there is a level of, hang on a minute, you might not be able to for whatever reason. Your life circumstances might... Not make that possible. You might not even know about it. Unfortunately, it, when you be, when you become an adult, uh, what I found is, you know, information is not wild wildly shared. Thank God for the internet and focus groups and things like that, because you know that's the only way that you hear about grants, you hear about you know adaptation schemes, you hear about X, Y, and Z. You know, I I I know that when you're a kid, you're more involved with this because, like you, you rightly said, schools are involved and um, social services are involved. But as soon as you become an adult and you swap, even the, from hospitals, from a, ch- a child's hospital to an adult services, you know, I, and I'm sure it all comes down to money, and I get that. But I think you know, information isn't shared because they don't want everyone to go and apply for this loan or this grant so it's up to the individual it's up to parents it's up to family members to to share that information i mean i know for me and i and i mean this with absolute respect i you know i had my spinal fusion i was 19 i turned 20 in hospital i was the oldest person in the uh children's hospital and they allowed me to do that because i've been with them since a baby because they said themselves it would be a best it would be better um, all round care, pre, post, you know, operation. Um, that if I were to be in the children's 
ward, you know, so I was 20 years old, I was the oldest one there. And I think in some special cases, I think they extend that to 25 just because of the the the, the, the specialism. Um, but then when I moved from the hospital, I had my first uh, appointment. I'm I'm because I'm under orthopedics of bones. Um, I went into the room and not only is just the atmosphere in an adult hospital can be quite dreary. You know, there was a lot of people there of a certain age, much 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 older than me because of uh, osteoporosis. Mm. You know, and later on in life, your bone density decreases and. You know, no disrespect to anyone who's over 75 or any, it's not about that. But being a young person who is all of a sudden, you know, left for this responsibility of being in charge of their own healthcare, going to a hospital, which not only just looks kind of dreary, but sat in a waiting room and you're the youngest with, you know, a lot of, loads of elderly people. It, it's quite it's quite daunting environment to being you know it, it's hard to describe without it sounding you know like i'm being ageist it's nothing to do with that but it, it's very much you know um for from a from a psychological point of view you know children's hospitals everyone just seems a little bit more engaged and a little bit more cheery and a little bit more you know trying to make your experience um as comfortable as possible and then you get pushed into this adult service and you know it's quite cold and and um non-personal mm. and i think that can be quite you know a challenge um uh, for a lot of people who are you know who aren't used to it um but you're exactly you know you're exactly right um wheelchairs equipment you know everyone wants to donate and give to cute disabled kids you know mm. which i'm not discouraging no. even though we we, you know, we could we could talk about pity pity porn and you know the charity model of disability. We could go down that route, but you know, let's let's give credit where it's due in the sense that yes, you know, I would be lost as a child if I didn't have the you know funding from charities and and, and help from strangers. Um, it shouldn't have to be that way, but it that's the way it is. Um, but yeah, as soon as you become an adult, it's a bit like get a loan, go get a loan. I've been told that go and get a loan. It's like, okay, so I'll go and get a loan to put me into debt because actually as a disabled woman, my prospects of work are dramatically reduced, you know, uh, but but I'll get a loan anyway, just, you know, and then what? And then, you know, it's, exactly. it, it, it's always baffled me, even the whole process of wheelchairs or equipment that will allow you to get into the world of work. It's like, so, so give me four grand for a wheelchair which will last me, if you look after it, I'd say six years. Good six years. Yeah. No, like, if, you know, as long as you're not doing any off-country kind of... Any, you know, any crazy of, stunts, like um, I've been known to do. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, do that, do that, and then we can go to work and contribute and, and, and you know, kind of... It, it, it just blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. The, it blows my mind. It is, it is a vicious, vicious circle. Circle, cycle, that either one of those. Um, I knew what you meant. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's a vicious cycle or circle because the other thing is as well is that through through the nature of what those things are and through the nature of the companies that supply them, you know, disability stuff comes with a premium attached. Yeah, like um, a Lamborghini. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but but less glamorous and. Well, I don't know. My chair's kind of snizzling. Well, yours is kind of funky. Yeah, yours is kind <laughs> of funky. I'm not going to lie. But 
but yeah, it's that premium as well. So it is a vicious, vicious cycle. Um, and it's a difficult one to break. And it's not necessarily the fault of the individual for, for being unable to break it. Um, so it's, it really is quite challenging. And, you know, again, we've said we can talk about pity and, and, and charity models and all that kind of stuff. But it, it boils down to the fact that there's a lack of disability equality in the world. It's like I was briefly having a conversation with my girlfriend yesterday about disabled people are the only people that if we get married, we lose benefit support. That that is mind blowing. Yeah. Like if if you're if you're both on benefits and you're claiming job seekers allowance, which is a non disability based benefit, you your money gets amalgamated and you in fact get more. Yeah. Unless it's changed, but my understanding at the moment is that is still the case. Um, <coughs> we, if you if you claim employment support allowance as a disabled person and you get married, it gets taken away. I mean, this is what we were talking off camera. Um, you know, one of the campaigns that I definitely want to push. You know, um, when we when we are hopefully going back to some sort of normality, um, is the fact that you know if you are on certain benefits like this, so um, uh, job seeker well, or ESA, which doesn't mean that you're not working. Like there's two no. different types of ESA. Um, I'm on it because I only work sixteen hours. So if I don't get a certain amount of work, if my health deteriorates, then you know, that's the subsidy for it. Exactly. Obviously, if I earn more, then I've got to de- declare it, which mm-hmm. is, you know, what I do. Yeah. Um, but it's a way of, of you know, safeguarding the fact that, you know, my I can wake up one day with a broken collarbone and the next day, you know, work. it's so exactly. sporadic. Um, but, yeah, so at any one time, you're only allowed to have £6,000 savings. Uh, this is something I hammer on about quite a lot because, you know, it sounds like a lot of money, but it really isn't you know my wheelchair um uh needs like regular maintenance and you've got a call out charge of 70 quid there then you've got the equipment you know i can't get on the underground so i need to take a taxi somewhere you know just to get from a to b could cost 60 pounds in a taxi like you know the disability price tag is something we've talked about a lot and um i need to get my i need to find out exactly when it changed Uh, but we, we speculated that perhaps it changed when we a certain political party came to power Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, around a decade ago, but um, you know, it, it, you're allowed to have sixteen thousand pounds. And I know some people might think, "What you're on benefits and you've got sixteen thousand pounds?" But what if you want to get? What if you need home adaptations? A wet, a, a wet room short, costs eight grand. Yeah, short of home adaptations, what about actually saving a deposit to move into a house in the first place? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, every you know, being disabled costs an awful lot of money so i want to really change i want to look at that and change and challenge that in the future um because you know it's also perpetuating this narrative that disabled people need to live in poverty that there's no escape there's no way of climbing up the ladder you know to better them to to better their themselves and i mean that with all respect as in feel the sense of their achieving and they they are welcome in the community and they you know are an integral part of the economy an integral part of a business and society and their community um so i definitely want to challenge that um with regards to to, to funding because you know if you, you need a wheelchair it's not you're not always guaranteed a, a charity's going to come and help 
help you out no. at uh, all. And, you know, charities do amazing work, don't get me wrong, and they support hundreds and thousands of people, but there is also a, a pride thing for many people yeah. um, where, where, you know... I mean, sadly, we're, we're, we're at the point where people use food banks on a regular basis, so a lot more people are having to make this jump. Um, but it's a pride thing as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you have to go to somebody and go, I can't afford the thing I need to... To live. <laughs> to, you know, um, to, to move around on a daily basis, to live on a daily basis. Uh, and that is no place to be. No, no, and it, it, it's difficult. Or even, you know, put additional care. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I get 15 hours, and I know I'm extremely blessed to get 15 hours of PA time, um, but if I were to go privately um, and, uh, and and pay privately, and I've Googled it, and, like, in London, um, uh, private care starts at £17 an hour to £23 an hour. You know, I'm really grateful. My lovely Louise, who is my PA, like she only lives five minutes away from me. It's like, you know, one of them things where you're like, my God, I've totally hit gold with her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's an incredible person anyway. But I know that if I fractured in the middle of the night, I could call her and she would come around and not expect, you know what I mean? Like just, you've built a relationship. We've got a really good relationship. And what happens is, you know, if one week I need more extra hours, on other weeks I don't. She kind of just, you know, we, we, we do it that way, so to speak, um, which is fantastic. But, yeah, but what if you needed, what you know, what if you needed extra extra care? It's, it, you know, it's it's such a challenge. And the pride thing is difficult. And it makes me wonder how many people, you know, just don't reach out for help or don't ask someone to, you know, to help them to, to get something that they should be, you know, absolutely entitled to. It's quite, it is a real it is a real sad thing, and oh, on a on a really serious note, and I don't mean to, again to to this is this is me being serious. I went to I started going out a little bit more now now that I've had my first vaccine. Mm-hmm. Not anything crazy like to the supermarket, like the social you know, distancing, face masks, uh, social distancing, and all that. Stuff. And all that. Yep, hands are crusty because of the hand sanitizer. Yeah, and washing. Um, um, so yeah, so I've been out twice since the you know to shops and went to little. Little and they do so when you're coming out of the tills, they do boxes of of food like veg that is kind of like in the next couple of days will probably be dead. Yeah, gonna... um, but they do massive boxes for one pound fifty. So me and my mum bought this box and we made um, some. We made what did we make? Like there was loads of mushrooms. We made mushroom soup. And we made some mushroom pasta. But there was all sorts. Of, there was apples in there, potatoes, and I think Aldi does it as well. So um, it's well worth. Popping down, um, there was yeah, there was like broccoli in there. There was a lime, a random a random lime in the middle I'm, of I'm it. I'm always good for a lime. You know what? Actually, so so yeah. So if anyone, if you pass on that message to anyone who uh, maybe you know has got a lot of mouths to feed and is maybe um, struggling at the moment, yeah, yeah, get yourself to Aldi and get one of these big boxes, or even like I don't know if you if you're willing, you know, in the mood. Like I don't know whether you could donate. I even said to my mum, it's a shame there's not like some sort of shelter nearby that I know of um, in Leyland that we could probably pick them up and donate them to. Um, but, yeah, that's just a little tip for anyone that might find it beneficial because uh, I thought it was pretty bloody nifty. There you go, you see? Like a bargain. We're, dro- we're dropping you all the tips on, on Life Downloading. <laughs> Sandra, 
We don't want to send you, I'm reading the comments as they're all coming through. Sandra, we don't want to send you into meltdown. Please look after yourself. We, we understand that we've got a bit serious about living in our own home and we can, we can get annoyed and angry, but please look after yourself first. Lisa says, according to the BBC, it costs around about £500 a month extra if you're disabled. That's, yeah. that's about right. And that is what yeah. um, personal independence payment is supposed to cover. I say supposed yeah, to. Yeah, 583 focused on it at, and yeah. that's the average, £583. Yeah, that's the average. So for some people it's a lot more, for some people it's less. And PIP is supposed to cover that. I say supposed to because, let's face it, depending on your needs, it does or it doesn't. Some yeah. people don't get the award they're entitled to. That's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, Rachel on Facebook says um, she understands the whole joined up care thing. Her son has autism, and as he's become an adult, she's noticing the differences. Um, he still needs the same level of care, but things are falling away. So, you know, we're, we're far, everybody's sort of echoing what we're saying, which A, shows it's a major issue, but B, shows the importance of the fact that we need to share the information and talking to each other about it. This is it, but the thing is, I mean, again, not to sound like a Debbie Downer, um, uh, my condition's going to get worse, not better. And that's the kind of, like, head-banging against the wall, you know, kind of frustration mm. with all these kind of resources that are, you know, bec become less and less. It's like, you, you know, you 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 know you normally deteriorate. I mean, everybody does, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, old age is a thing. You know, my stepdad's moaning about his knee. I have to go and get him some Voltarol to rub on there, you know, I'm like, oh. I'm like, you tell me about your knee. I know about me, you know, creaky knees. I've had that for a while. So it just, can I say beggar's belief? Yes, you can. Favorite, that, well, you can say what you like on here. We're not censored. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. You're right. And it does It does not seem logical. The system seems, seems broken. But, you know, it's only by talking and campaigning and signing these petitions and it's a long slog you know this isn't going to happen overnight because no. you know if i'm if i'm being all sort of anarchist and political change you know there's lots of people that don't want it to change because it works for them um so it's going to be a long hard slog we cannot change it overnight but it's only by talking and filling out these petitions and campaigning and going along that long hard road that things are going to change. And hopefully us having these conversations and, you know, somebody that's come and listened to the podcast that's never listened to it before, somebody that's, you know, passing on the podcast because they go, oh, my God, this is a really great conversation. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring somebody else in to, to that long, hard road. And big numbers make big differences. It really does. Uh, I don't know why I laughed about that. People <laughs> thought this is brilliant. Um, <laughs> But yeah, on a serious note, you know, someone said to me that I was talking about um, equity versus equality and a little bit about targeted universalism, which is all kind of big words to basically say, yeah, we all want the same rights, but we have to identify that we're not all the same people. Mm. And, you know, if we think about uh, everyone as individuals aiming for the main, the, the equal society, uh, it, it will benefit everybody in the long run, you know. Um, but someone said, oh, uh, you know, but how can I help today? And I said, well... You know, a good start would be maybe listening to a podcast, um, you know, engaging with disabled people, uh, passing on information, um, because ignorance is one of the major barriers um, 
So, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for listening. I don't actually need a wee today. I'm a bit concerned that maybe I'm dehydrated because I just had a massive cup of tea. What's wrong with me, Dan? Well, uh, may, maybe it's just that you're so energised in today's podcast that you've... Are you, are you sweating it out because you're in your sports game? No, Maybe it's still the alcohol in my system. Maybe I just, just need to drink more water. And hey Maybe, maybe. Um... Aim says thanks for another great podcast. Sandra Thank says one thing um, that unites links us all is communication and education. And then said sorry, that's two things, but she's right. Crazy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, your bladder's not fit to burst, but I know you've oh, got a full really pack. Should I just lie and say, oh, I need to go? <laughs> I know it feels it, it feel feels, right. so it feels wrong, it doesn't it? Feel right, and I don't say that. But no, we have just gone over our 45 minute limit so do you know oh what God. guys it's it's our time to say goodbye for the week anyway no doubt we'll be back next week um hi, hi. because you know we're quite enjoying this and we're back in a flow now yeah. <laughs> we, are. we really are uh, maybe next friday i think i might be filming on thursday fingers crossed that i do get to do some fil- exciting filming uh, in my garden exciting Why filming that we probably can't talk about but yeah, probably not. There we I, don't go. Want to jinx it. I, I just don't want to jinx it either, because you no. know when you start talking about stuff and then it doesn't happen. You, exactly. And then, you, and then yeah. you look a little bit like a... I was going to say knobhead, but I don't <laughs> You like can. That. We're on Life Downloaded. But... <laughs> on that note... <laughs> on that note, everybody, this has been Life Downloaded. What do we name in this episode? We haven't even discussed that. We can't that. say knobhead. No, that <laughs> no we can't say knobhead. We can't name it knobhead. Oh, today's po- see Sandra's helping us out with the name again she says today's podcast is called Jibber and Jabber there we go oh there you go perfect boom we, we need to pay you for these things we if do we making money we totally pay you so, but we're not making any money no, if so. we're making money we pay Sandra is like our, our marketing department slash marketing PR yeah marketing PR, PR. there we go Jibber and Jabber is today's podcast this has okay. been life downloaded Sam's got to go off and be busy. I've got to go I off did. and hopefully be busy. Um, so, this has been the lovely Sam Rank. I am Dan Edge. This has been Life Downloaded. Have a happy Friday. Have a good weekend. Look at Indeed. It's the weekend. Happy night to finish on. I don't know um, if that means anything right now. But <laughs> well, there, is, there is that. But if it's sunny with you today like it is with me, enjoy the sunshine. Um, Hopefully, you know, have a great day, look after yourselves, take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye!